Did you? I love walking. Was it nice out? Yes. Well, it was until like just when I was coming back and then it got hot. Yeah, it's August. And people's trash started to smell. That's disgusting. We're live. <laughs> oh, we are. Do you want to get rolling? <laughs> okay. You want to you run the intro? I'm leaving all of this in. This is all going in. <laughs> Great. Welcome to my, no, Paraz and Nutrition. Yeah, we it's the Paraz and Nutrition podcast. All right. You are Felicia Peraza. Oh, yes. I'm Felicia Peraza. Of Peraza Nutrition. Nutrition. See, this is why I don't do the intro. Yeah, that's why. Um, uh YouTube.com slash Peraza Nutrition. Instagram, Peraza Nutrition, at Peraza Nutrition, at, on Twitter as well, although you don't use Twitter. Yeah, it's linked to my Facebook. So. And also Felicia Peraza of My RD Journey. Yes. We have been much more active on YouTube lately than, um, than the pod. Mm-hmm. But uh, here we are. Yeah. Episode whatever of, of Peraz Nutrition. Five, sure, six, let's go with five. Seven. Fourteen. Seven. I think it's seven, actually. Uh, I'm Adam. I am uh, the guy behind the laptop. Producer. Yep, that's me. Sound engineer. Producer, videographer, uh, social media too. guy. Yeah, I did your photography. She's mm-hmm. got some the headshots. hot new headshots, you guys, up on the uh, what the website. Yes, and my socials. Yeah, here mm-hmm. we are. Uh, what are we talking about today? Um, we're going to talk about how to start, how to start <laughs> getting started with your health, which is something a lot of people have been struggling with, especially in what we're in right now. Oh, with the, these dark times? Yeah. Like just getting started, not just getting motivated, because we kind of talked about that on another podcast, but like, what are the first things to like actually get started? Like what? What are things to do? How to start? Yeah. Getting started? So what does it actually look like? <laughs> okay. So. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Um, what what are, so you always send me the write-up for these episodes and then you ask me if I got it and I say yes and then I never read them. So what do we, what do you want to get into? <laughs> well, I just resent it to you. So it'll be at the top of your email. That's how my phone blew up there just now. What? I saw my phone light up. Oh. Because you're popular. Yeah. Um, well, you, because you emailed me. You <laughs> literally just said you emailed me. Oh, well, yeah. Like five minutes before we started that. So anyway. Anyway. Um. So one of the first things that I talk about with people who are like getting ready to get started, um, one is motivation, which we kind of talked about before, but just kind of taking like an assessment of what you're already doing. Like it's kind of hard to get started if you don't know where you are in your health journey, as in like what's working and what's not. In a Wherever sense. you go, oh there God. you are. <laughs> what? How dare you? That's sage advice. And it's true. It's true. Wherever you go, I mean, technically, there you are. So where you so assessing where you are currently in your fitness doings? Yeah, fitness and and nutrition. So like thinking about like your current state and taking it from like an or looking at it from like an objective view too. You know, a lot of times when people are kind of assessing where they are, it comes with a lot of like guilt and you know upset, being upset about oh I should be doing this or I should have been doing this and. Um, kind of like critting, criticizing themselves before they even start. Okay. So uh, one of the first things that's, that's been helpful for some of my clients to get started is, you know, just taking an objective look at how things are. So how often they're exercising right now, which could be nothing. It doesn't, I'm not saying it has to be anything right now. And then, you know, thinking about what you're eating. So that could be keeping like keeping like a food log or a food diary. So would you write down where you are currently in terms of your exercise too? Yep. So yeah. So in this, you know, if you're not necessarily doing planned exercise, even thinking about um, 
how how much you move throughout the day. So are you typically sitting for like eight hours, which is kind of a lot of people are working from home right now. So they are sitting for a lot longer than they would normally be. That's true. So thinking about, you know, what are you doing right now? So are you typically sitting for eight hours a day? Um, and then, you know, with the food aspect, thinking about, okay, what am I currently eating? Again, just kind of taking it from like an objective view and saying, like, what am I actually eating? What am I doing? Yes. How much you're drinking and just kind of like think about all those things and then think about where you actually want to start. So this is where people kind of get hung up is they take an assessment of what they're doing. You know, maybe they're not exercising enough. Maybe they're not um, eating as healthy as they would like to. And then instead of setting a goal that they would like to achieve, they start thinking of all the shoulds. Well, I should start eating more vegetables and I should start drinking more water. I mean, you can just do that though. You can, but sometimes starting with like the shoulds usually isn't very motivating because usually that comes with like a reason of someone else wanting you to do that. And if you're just getting started on your health journey and you're doing the things you should do, but that aren't very exciting to you, it's kind of hard to get motivated and stay motivated. Um, As in like, you know, you try to eat more vegetables and then you find that the recipes aren't working and it just ends up being a lot of barriers in the way. Or that vegetables are kind of gross or you don't want to eat them because they don't taste good, especially like broccoli and Brussels sprout. I like it when you <laughs> cook it in lots of oil with lots of salt or with cheese. I don't know if anyone's heard of cheese, but it's pretty good and it goes well with broccoli and a I lot of I do not cook it with a lot of other oil. things you don't. Well, You're lying. Okay. <laughs> wow, that's really harsh. So, um yeah, but do you do you write all that stuff down? Do you have a preferred pre- uh, preferred method of tracking all that? Yeah. So keeping like a food and exercise log and a, um, a hydration, you know, how much you're drinking, what kinds of things you are drinking. How much should you drink? How much water? So for women, it's 91 ounces per day. And for men, it's 126 ounces. And that's from the Institute of Medicine, mm. which is about um, 11 and a half cups for women and 15 and a half cups for men. And it seems like a lot, but that counts towards all of um, all of your beverages. So like coffee counts, all fluid. seltzer, yeah, all fluids. And even, um, you know, like high water content foods. So like soups or watermelon, things like that count technically as, towards that as fluid. fluid. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they did that at the hospital too. We would, we would count jello. Yeah. <laughs> or like puddings, I think too. Yeah, jello pudding gelatin that's interesting so you write all this stuff down mm-hmm. and then uh, you track your your fluid intake and you you have to consider your what you're eating as, as part of that also and then um you have that information and then you what do a sort of an analysis of where you're at and and then what do you draw a line to where you'd like to be and then plot that out in terms of how to do it yep so you kind of create like a roadmap for yourself so if you're looking at your let's say you did track and usually if i have people track um i suggest doing it for at least a week okay so track like you write down everything you eat everything you drink and Mm -hmm. then is just is that it or do you write down your exercise too do you do you consider sleep for this yep so the more detailed the better because you know health and wellness isn't just one thing so it's not just food it's not just exercise it's kind of all the components together so if you can like look at your intake and kind of say these days i ate really well but i also got enough sleep it kind of just gives you more information to work with okay to know that maybe if you don't get enough sleep some days 
you know, you're kind of snacking all day and you're not prepared. Is, um, that, a, is that a thing? Yeah. You snack more if you don't sleep well? Yeah. People tend to crave higher sugar foods and like donuts, cookies. Um, but there's also the aspect of if you're not sleeping well um, and like getting shortened hours of sleep, which the recommendation is like seven to nine hours. For uh, adults? For adults, yeah. It's a, there's the, I think it's the Sleep National Sleep Foundation has like a chart for like every age group, uh, which is really nice. But Don't elderly people need less sleep? Yeah, usually a little bit less, but I think it's like six or seven um, hours. And then your, your average adult is like seven to nine. And then um, for kids, there's different breakdowns, but it's like a, anywhere from like nine to uh, like 11 hours. Like there's like a big gap. Uh, nine to 11 for, for kids yeah definitely depends sense. on the age groups but um but yeah so yeah if you're tracking any any kind of information you could track so sometimes i'll have people do uh, not just their food and their exercise but obviously their fluid their meal timings too so sometimes when people are skipping meals unintentionally um they end up overeating at the next meal or just grabbing things like they grab a muffin or they grab a handful of chocolate and they're just kind of like snacking on little things they're not necessarily thinking about it uh so writing down the timing and then writing down the emotions is also really helpful what does that do so when you think about like how food affects you but also how you're going into a meal or snack so you know if you're i have a lot of people who are stress eaters so they get really stressed and they turn to like chips or chocolate or like crunchy or like sweet kinds of things mm. um or I have some people who get really stressed out and emotional and they don't they don't eat anything. They skip meals and then they go for long periods and then they overeat. Oh, I was going to say, I wish I didn't eat when I was stressed on the other type. Yeah. Go in. Yeah, most most people tend to be they stress and then they eat. Um, I would say like anyway, for people that I've worked with, I have worked with clients where if they get too stressed, they don't eat or drink and then... They don't, you know, they end up feeling really sick. And yeah, stuff, so I could see drinking getting away from you if you're busy. It's a lot easier to remember to eat because you feel hungry. But the first thing you feel for thirst isn't actually thirst. It's for it's fatigue, right? Mm-hmm. The first thing you feel when you're dehydrated isn't thirst. Yeah, which is kind of annoying because you just you're just tired and you don't know why. Yeah. But um, yeah, that gets away from a lot of people. I think a lot of people just go hours, several hours without. Drinking. So you mentioned like uh, 96, 91 ounces. What was mm-hmm. it? For, for 91 women? ounces for women and uh, 126 for men. So let me ask you, does it matter um, how in what quantities you drink water if you're drinking water? Like I say, I realize I just went four hours without drinking water. Does it matter if I just chug a 32 ounce cup not, of water? Is that bad to do for I some mean, reason? Not really. The, the, the concern there is that... Um, like your fluid base balance in your body. So like flushing out the electrolytes, which if you've seen things on like overhydration or um, I think there was an athlete that like a runner that died who's like overhydrating and ended up like flushing out like uh, sodium potassium. Um, I think his heart stopped. Um, oh, but wow. he was like super fit. So like it was, it didn't make sense. But one of the things they thought it could have been was that he overhydrated without compensating for like sodium potassium. Okay, but I don't I don't think it's wise to frame hydration from that perspective. That's kind of an extreme example. I it don't is. want anyone to think that that's even going to happen because you drank a whole water bottle. No, and that's like the far extreme. I mean, didn't that dude drink like 2 gallons in a day or something? Yeah, it was something like really crazy. Um, but that aside, 
The only issue I've seen where people drink a lot of fluid at once is like GI distress. Um, just like with like feeling like really full. Um, so it's better to space it out, but I can't cheat and just like jam a bunch of water into me. Yeah. I think it's going to. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. So what's the most water someone should drink in one shot? It depends on the person, but I mean like 24 ounces isn't necessarily too much at once. Um, Heard it here first, folks. 24 ounces of water <laughs> at a time for every human being. That's officially <laughs> official from ParazNutrition.com. That's that's a fact because she just said it. We're going with that. No. Okay. So <laughs> This is a reminder that this is a general, <laughs> not medical advice and not a substitute for medical your, advice. Consult your physician before making any diet or exercise changes. Otherwise, Felicia will consult her lawyer. That's not me. No. That's somebody else. Yeah. So, okay. You write it all down. Yep. And you track exercise as well as your diet. And then you track sleep also. Mm-hmm. Which, okay, so what, what role would you say sleep plays in this this whole thing? Um, I mean, Aside from eating more. Yeah, so there's the eating more and there's the... Um, when you have less sleep. Yeah, eating more when you have less sleep. And it actually your hormones become out of whack, you know, to put it kind of... Simply. Which which like, hormones? Uh, ghrelin and leptin. Ah, the hunger hormones. Yeah. So ghrelin, what happens? So ghrelin, which I like, this is how I usually talk about it, is ghrelin is the one that makes you go, um, is in like it tells you to eat, um, and leptin is the one that would signal you to stop eating, basically. Um, and so those actually become out of balance. So um, ghrelin goes up and leptin goes down. So, so the the go goes up and the stop goes down yeah. when you have less sleep. When you have less sleep. That's why it can be harder for people in terms of like quote unquote willpower. Well, that's um, inconvenient. I know. <laughs> so that's one aspect. The other thing too is like with sleep, your body is literally repairing and... Um, Rejuvenating. Yeah. Reju- that's a good word. <laughs> that's, that's like a, it's a $2 word. I was just going to say that. You were going to say it, but I said it first. I know. But anyway... Uh, your body is rejuvenating, uh, recovering, recovering, rejuvenating, reingurgitating. Yeah, all those R words. Yeah, <laughs> and it's good. It's great. Yeah. There's also um, a lot of studies on sleep with um, muscle repair and recovery. So if you do start exercising and, and um, not necessarily anything even heavy lifting, but just even start exercising, your body needs that time to um repair repair rejuvenate <laughs> recover i think that's only our words reparate yeah okay Great. moving on <laughs> that's good um so sleep's important for a bunch of stuff pretty much everything so you could almost call it sort of the third pillar in terms of your general health if you have sleep and um if you have exercise and diet mm-hmm. i would say sleep is sort of the unsung hero that people don't consider in terms of improving their overall health it's possibly the easiest thing to do in terms of your habits and your lifestyle is just sleep more, Mm -hmm. go to bed a little earlier. Yeah. I mean, like with sleep in general, um, having a consistent schedule usually makes it easier. So sometimes when people are having a trouble going to sleep, um, starting to create a sleep pattern. So going to bed every night at the same time, waking up around the same time. Um, the lights obviously play a factor too. Like, yeah, make it dark where you sleep. Yeah. Um, one thing I have found helpful for creating a regular sleep schedule is waking up at the same time every day, regardless of what time you went to sleep, because 
your body will eventually, if you do it, even for in, in as little as a week for me, sometimes you're, you're, you'll get tired. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, if you decide to stay up super late, if you wake up every morning at seven for whatever reason, but you stayed up until like two in the morning for some reason or whatever, and you have the option to not get up until like 10, you should still get up at seven because your body will be tired earlier and you'll have an easier time going to sleep yeah. at that time. Is there any credence to the notion that um, sleeping earlier hours in the night is uh, quote unquote more valuable sleep? I've always heard that going to bed and being asleep between the hours of 10 p.m. and 2 a.m., that sleep has a higher value, quote unquote, than say, you know, sleeping during the day or if people work um, third shift and they Mm -hmm. have to sleep during the day, that sleep is not quite as good for them or that's not as valuable to their body? Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, still valuable, but um, it messes with like the circadian rhythm, um, like your sleep-wake cycle. So sometimes people don't get as um, deep of a sleep if they're not sleeping during like night hours. They're not (laughs) getting that REM. Yeah. Um, And that's also, you know, and just talking about sleep, um, being outside and like getting sunlight um, exposure actually can help with um, like the melatonin production at night. Yeah, it's the serotonin melatonin cycle. Yeah, yeah. I was just reading about. Oops. So yeah, you've been playing bongos for like half of this podcast, (laughs) and it's it's fine. I could probably edit some of it out, but so I I, so you if you get um, sunlight on your skin your body gets serotonin from that and then converts it to melatonin throughout the day. Is that how it works? I don't think it converts it, but I could be wrong. Um, I just know it helps with the production. Of melatonin. Yeah. Okay. And then when your body gets serotonin from sunlight during the day, produces melatonin later on toward the nighttime, you have an easier time getting tired and falling asleep because of the melatonin production. Yes, and with like the melatonin too, like um, calming yourself down helps with that like relaxation state too. So like, um, not stimulating yourself right before bed. So isn't there isn't there something to do with cortisol levels? And don't they naturally elevate during the hours of the day where the sun is up in the sky? And don't they decrease when it's getting dark and when it's dark outside? I mean, isn't that where some of the value in sleep is? Easy, isn't it easier to fall asleep? If your cortisol is low? Yeah, yeah. And that's like, you know, quote unquote, your stress hormone. Like that's released um, in like times of stress where like, you know, you're During running. exercise over. or. Yeah, exercise. And it could be good or bad stress. You know, it could be chronic stress, like getting angry and being in traffic. Or yeah, like, traffic's always the example of chronic stress. Yeah. Or like running away in like a dangerous situation. Which or, is, that's, that's acute stress though. Yeah, yeah. For acute. But I mean like your cortisol levels. Would spike and then yeah. quickly decrease yep but so if that's one of the so stress i guess if if we want to just take a quick tangent stress is is one of the major causes of um throwing your body off and uh interfering with weight management and um like can contribute to chronic illness and other things right yeah it can also lead to more inflammation in the body which inflammation has been linked to a lot of different chronic diseases um I mentioned stress eating earlier. So yeah, and that can stress. be linked, right? Yep. Because it, that's one thing that I always think is funny is that when 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 we drive to and from work or commutes and stuff, especially for people who have a longer commute that's stressful, mm-hmm. that like half hour to one hour of mild stress can really be 
detrimental to your health Mm -hmm. because it's chronic stress that the body's not really prepared well to deal with chronic stress in a healthy way. Stress is sort of meant to be acute from, from everything I've seen and read about why our bodies produce the hormones that they do. It's meant to spike and then give you a, a high sort of, it's, it's not like, it's not adrenaline per se, but it's cortisol is meant to help you deal with the stress. Yeah. And you get like a flush of like glucose into your bloodstream because the idea is that you need to like use it to fight or run away or do something. Right. Um, you're, you're meant to do something when you have high cortisol. And if you're just sitting in your car experiencing mild pulses of stress and very low amounts of cortisol, then it's it's bad. Yeah. Isn't, isn't that really bad? It is. Yeah. 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 Because cortisol was always meant to be like the fight or flight hormone. And it's just um, that the, it's just funny that the commute, your commute to work is like the most stressful part of your it can be a very stressful part of your day without realizing it. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's something I've always told people when I was managing a team of, of uh, well, employees, not not at Bucks because they were not at my most recent job because they were very, all very close. But the, the point I'm getting at is um, if you can make your commute less stressful for you by listening to something relaxing like a uh, like a podcast, like like a podcast or, you know, music or something, if, if you can make your car somewhere that's low stress when you're on your way to work and enjoy that time it's it's probably really good for you i used to uh i for like almost a year and a half rode my motorcycle to work exclusively which was not only stress-free but like a fun time Mm. i don't know i think it did a lot of good for me when i was doing it but that's one of those things that you don't really think about and if your commute is just like a half hour or 45 minutes of gridlock traffic and you freaking out at people who are cutting into your lane or like stuff that people do that's stupid in traffic which is a lot i know that's (laughs) driving is pretty stressful especially if you're in a a big city but it's just something that that i don't think people think about i think it's just something we accept and it's it's a bigger stressor than you would think it would be if you consider hormones yeah especially because like you know with commutes too i mean there's think about all the factors that go along with it so you've got the stress level and for that it can end up doing a lot of things. You know, someone might be stressed and that triggers them to, you know, mindlessly eat food while they're in the car and they get to work and they're stressed and they, you know, go and grab a a donut or an energy drink because they're, you know, they're all kind of like amped up in a sense. And so that can like lead to this kind of like spiral of unhealthy food choices. Um, Or, you know, the idea of like stress sometimes too, especially in those kinds of situations, um, can lead people to wanting more alcohol, you know, and so then that can also inhibit oh, you know, sure. weight any, loss any progress kind of, too. Yeah, any 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 sort of vice or destructive mm-hmm. habit make yeah. people smoke more cigarettes or yeah, smoke. That's a that's a good example too. Yeah. yeah, and make it harder to stop doing those things. So you know, even if you're someone who that's you know are habits that you're looking to change, and you have all this kind of chronic stress that you're not necessarily managing well it makes it that much harder to make the positive changes, you know, for yourself. Yeah. So I, I would almost, I would almost say stress management is, um, right up there with diet, exercise and sleep. Yeah. It's kind of the not so distant fourth. No, I mean, thing. there's, there's, um, there's a lot of terms for it, but there's like the, um, the dimensions of wellness and like wellness wheel, um, is stress on the wheel emotions I think they have it slotted under emotional uh, but there's like social health emotional health uh, financial health and then like 
you know, nutrition, exercise, like physical wellness. Um, but it is a huge part of like overall. You're being wellness. very Italian with your. Sorry. You, I think you just hit my laptop too. What are you? You're just destructive. See, this I should have went for a walk. This is what she does. <laughs> she will attack the objects at our home without any kind of, you know, concern for her body and wakes up with bruises and wonders how she has a bruise on her elbow or her leg or something. So you attack the furniture. <laughs> That's why. Hit the fridge yesterday. You kind of did. It was weird, but you know. We didn't have to go to the hospital or anything, so no, all good. is well that ends well. So, so we didn't really get into detail with starting per se, but it's all those things kind of culminated that you would track. Yeah, I and assume. like thinking, and you know, I I use the word tracking and like food logs and stuff, but like even keeping like a journal for a couple of days, which can include all of these different components. And, and thinking, okay, here's all the different things that are happening right now. And what are things that, one, I can change, you know, focus on those first. Or if you feel like you can change. You know, often people say, well, I can't change this or I can't change that. But you can change how you react to it. Um, like you might not be able to change the fact that you have a commute, but you can change how you react in the situation of your commute itself and, you know, managing the stress along with it. So, yeah, you know, the point is that you look at all these things, you think about, okay, what what can I start with and what am I interested in starting with? You know, don't tackle the thing that, you know, has like a hardness level of 10, but maybe start with something a little easier just to kind of ease yourself in, you know, something a little more yeah. manageable. Well, yeah. Wake up earlier and drive slower. Yeah. That's my advice for anyone who's got a long commute that changed everything for me mm-hmm. when I was driving an old man car back, uh, during college and, and the few years after? Yeah, like not rushing. Or like um, like for me driving, you know, with music on, like or having a playlist um, can help, you know, or some people for like listening to a podcast or something like that. Yeah. can be helpful just to kind of distract them. Seriously sense. though, all almost all of the stress of driving for me completely evaporated when I just decided to slow down and drive passively. Mm-hmm. Let people go around me. And uh, let people in anytime I could and just be that person because then if you're not in a rush, if you develop the habit of not being in a rush when you're driving, even when you're running behind, you still don't rush. Yeah. Oddly. Yeah. Just I like having I a buffer myself. but You're early for everything. <laughs> Literally everything. If if it's starting at 2, you're there at one thirty. Yeah. I like minimum. To, I like to not rush, but I also like to... I don't like people waiting on me, so I would so much rather be early than have someone wait for me. Yeah, so. well, that's you. Um, you, you in your business, you have clients, and the general notion is that you wait for the client. You don't make the client wait on you. Mm-hmm. Pretty much anyone who has a business where that's the model, that's that's what that's what is said. Yeah, well, that makes sense. <laughs> um, so we're tracking yeah. things. Yes, you track things. You take kind of like analysis of it you see where you might want to start um seeing what's actually interesting f- like for you to start with and then pick whatever that thing is so and and don't just say like oh my diet is terrible i want to eat healthy <laughs> that's not like is a measurable goal yeah it's too vague so you know think of something very specific what is it about your diet that you would like to change um and sometimes i'll have people like list out all the changes they need to make or they want to make or they should make any like all of those words together they list everything out and then they look at the list and say 
okay, I think I'd rather start with reducing sugary beverages and drinking more water. Or I want to start with adding more vegetables to my plate. And they identify dinner as being something that they want to start with. Um, but usually, you know, working through that list in a way of things that you would like to do first, especially because that can help build a little bit of motivation and, you know, something you might be interested in doing. Um, but you're kind of taking it like piece by piece. So. Okay. Um, so what you record everything you do for like a week? Yep. So record what you're doing for a week. And then after, after you take that analysis of like your week, see where you want to start from that. Um, and then what incrementally change things one thing at a time, introduce it slowly. Yeah. So it could be one or two things. Um, and it could be like broad goals where you might say like, okay, my, my goal is to eat more vegetables. And so you kind of break that down to say, okay, well right now I'm only eating one vegetable a day. So I want to bump that up to long-term goal, you know, three cups of vegetables per day. Good Lord. (laughs) And so better be corn. Or potatoes, <laughs> something that tastes good that I can add salt and butter to. What is with the butter today? It tastes <laughs> good. What do you mean? What is with the butter today? What oh, is with oil the butter and butter every day? And... It tastes good. I don't care if it's bad for me. I want to eat it. It tastes good. Um, we don't have butter. We have fake butter. Yeah. I mean, it's not really fake. It's I can't believe know. it's not butter. It's like I can't believe it's not butter. We should get the spray though. You ever have that? <laughs> it's really good. That's healthy, right? You endorse that? <laughs> Are you sponsored by I Can't Believe It's Not Butter literally Spray? Literally just all sodium. With Fabio on funny, the front? Funny story, actually. Lay it on us. <laughs> when I was in my internship, there was uh, someone inpatient that um, was quite elderly, um, otherwise healthy. I think the reason they were in the hospital was not something like related to, I think it was like a broken bone or something. It wasn't something like a heart attack or anything. But anyway, this individual... Um, was using one of those bottles of spray. I can't believe it's not butter mm-hmm. per day. Per day. And they literally, How? they literally put it on everything. And I looked at it. It's mostly like sodium. Yeah, like it's, it's just like all sodium. sodium and oil, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's changed since that was like I don't know, oh six God. or seven years ago. But it was just one, like <laughs> what, like four ounce bottle or something. Yeah, like this. Uh, and I was like. How? What, what do you put it on? Like, because that's a lot of literally like, everything. Literally, it was everything. Squirted every it into their cornflakes. Every single meal. That's every disgusting. Snack. Have a banana and get some. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it's not butter spray on that. It's just on everything. Banana, um, peanut butter and jelly, and I can't <laughs> believe it's not butter. It's like that's disgusting. That's they're like, little, is that okay to do? <laughs> not really. I would think. I mean, it's probably not going to kill you, but well, I was like, can't well, be good. The sodium's a little high. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it's all you have. Oh, you know what else was really good? Those f- butter flakes that you can shake on a I stuff. never had those. I used to love those. My mom has them sometimes. She used mm. to. Just put it on like popcorn? Or you can put, put it on, on every, everything. I just put it on potatoes. Oh, interesting. Man, I want some potatoes now. We have potatoes. Of course we do. <laughs> yeah, you should probably not have a bottle of that per day, though. No, that was... Everything in excess is, is a little bit too much, I would think. If, yeah. You know, it's pretty much anything. You don't want to go crazy, even if it's not harmful in small doses no and that's you know that's a that's a good point is um you know even like with quote-unquote healthy food too um is you know sometimes people overdo it on one thing and there's a couple issues with that one is that it can make people bored of what they're doing and then two it can also lead to um uh like let's say they're they're doing a lot of like fruit or 
that one that one was loud. <laughs> all the motorcycles are out today it's, it's nice outside and it's 5 p.m so they're all oh they're all right. out right now yeah um but if doing like one thing a day uh one it can get pretty boring too is um i don't remember what question you asked me that lady <laughs> um she didn't get bored of i can't believe it's not butter spray oh. i think she just probably really liked fabio i think he was on the is that who Bottle. Was? Do you know who Fabio is? Uh, he's like the... Whoosh. He's the, yeah, he's, he's the, the pretty Italian man oh. who was on the cover of like every romance novel in the 90s. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, he's super hot. Oh. I'd probably leave you for him. Wow. In his prime though, not now. It's, oh. In his prime. <laughs> okay. Then. So we were, um, we were talking about uh, your, your food choices, I believe. Yeah. So like creating a goal, um, breaking it into like smaller kind of like action items in a sense. So like, you know, I mentioned vegetables being like a goal of yours. So let's say if you do like three cups of vegetables is the goal per day. Right now you're at one vegetable, like maybe a half a cup a day. Um, it might be unrealistic to jump up from like half a cup to three cups all of a sudden incremental changes though yeah incremental changes but you kind of like have to take a step back and say what do i need to succeed so ooh, that's fun yeah that's fun to say what do i need to succeed yeah that's like a leadership training buzzword it does it's sound. It's like a simon <laughs> cynic line or something mm. i don't know if you know who he is i read a couple of his books did the you really why. oh that's um, the, that's the guy yeah yep but i bet you he has said that probably <laughs> some at some point what um, do i need to succeed yeah and that's where you say to yourself okay um self i need to go to the store i need to actually have vegetables in the house i need to have vegetables that i like to eat um frozen frozen yeah oh well, that was probably loud um yeah sorry. you are all over the place <laughs> right now so i keep sorry. adjusting you're not sorry you don't care <laughs> at all i'm the sound engineer that's why i'm here i'm holding my hands right now twiddling some knobs so you don't <laughs> stop punching my laptop weirdo um so frozen vegetables they don't expire so you don't throw them in the trash when yeah. you don't eat them for a week yeah they and, do and well god sorry i was gonna say they do expire but they have a lot way longer well, shelf come on yeah. yeah i mean technically sure but <laughs> it's uh you know, canned food expires eventually too it's just 20 <laughs> years later or whatever yeah but you can do what felicia does and absolutely pack the ever-living <laughs> jesus out of the fridge in the freezer to the point where you open it and it's just a little cutout for where the <laughs> cold air comes out. And that's all the room that's in there. And there's stuff falling off of the doors. Because then it's at that point, the you, you put your, you put, okay, yeah, sure. You put yourself in a position <laughs> where you kind of have to eat it. Otherwise, you, you literally have no <laughs> freezer space and it's a problem. Or you open so, a freezer and it's going to fall out. Yeah, you, you, you can always eat vegetables. Yeah, you can back <laughs> yourself into a corner and have so much broccoli and green beans and <laughs> spinach chopped spinach or yeah, whatever and kale that's usually in, the, in freezer. the freezer that you feel compelled mm-hmm. actually you know what if you did buy the fresh stuff that would kind of make you use it but you'd probably just throw it out it depends yeah i mean i have some people who they'll buy the fresh stuff and they make it a point to eat it and then others who like are like oh i need to eat that oh i need to make a salad and oh they, i need to do this and then they're like oh it's moldy or they self-sabotage where they're like, I know I need to eat that and it's going to go bad if I don't. And then they like actively avoid it to the point where it's like, oh God, it's bad. Now I have to throw it away and I can't eat it. Yeah. <laughs> so, whoops. Yeah. So sometimes it's frozen. Yeah. Frozen is good. Or like buying things you actually enjoy eating. Like you don't need to eat kale. Like, I mean, kale is great and all, but like if you don't like it, don't buy it. Hot <laughs> take. Kale is great and all, you guys. But if you don't like it, 
don't buy it. Yeah. Sage advice. Yeah. Um, right there. And, and I say that because I've had people say like, well, I know I should eat kale because it's good for me or spinach because it's good for me. And it's, you know, again. You don't have to eat kale. No. It's true. I've heard this from you just now. Mm-hmm. Drop on all true. these truths here. Follow Felicia oh on Instagram See, at Pause Nutrition so she can stop punching my laptop. I punched or was the it the microphone? Okay. <laughs> same, same. You should just go back to holding my hands. Sure. Um, but anyway, you know, if you buy fresh stuff, buy stuff that you can frozen. You frozen. Buy stuff freeze? that you could freeze. So like bananas or berries or things like that, where you might eat them as is, but then be able to freeze them and use them in like a shake or oatmeal or you know a muffin later. Um, or even with the fresh stuff, like I will buy fresh uh, spinach or kale and then use it in soups. Um, Felicia makes soups. I do make soups. I love soup. Big pots of soup. We have soup for like four days right now. <laughs> we do. It's if such a convenient both, way to eat vegetables. Uh, yeah. You can just throw anything you want in there with a little bit of tomato base and then boom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you got yourself a hearty soup. Yeah. Felicia's soup is like 80% guts. Yeah. Which like to some stuff. people, it's really good. It's like a stew. Yeah. That's the way I like it. Better. That's the way. You, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my God. You like it? <laughs> Um, Uh uh-huh yeah that was disgusting i'm gonna have (laughs) to mute that okay (laughs) so uh yeah frozen vegetables that's one way to do it fruit whole grains Mm -hmm. um cheeseburgers on no no (laughs) no no i tried to i tried i did try to sneak it in she didn't she said no guys and you know when you're kind of thinking about making changes and adding and swapping you know don't think about changing everything at once you know often people are getting started with like healthy eating they're like oh i can never have pizza again or i can never have this again and (laughs) i'm so sorry i'm like don't know what's wrong that's good for reference Um, anyone who's not she hit the mic again. It's okay. We'll just keep, we're gonna leave them all in. All of them are. I'm gonna have a little counter going off in the in the corner. How many times you punched the mic this episode? I'm sitting on my hands. That's all right. You're sitting on your hands. Because like I don't know why trouble. I just want to keep swinging. The well, you know how often do you have a mic in front of you? How how many times have we done this? You've only done this for like ten hours so far collectively, I guess. Wait, I think. The problem is we're at the table oh. and before we were at the couch and there was more space for me for you to, to swing, swing my arm. swing your arms around <laughs> But now I hit the table, so I just hit the table. Yeah, <laughs> um, you did. But yeah, so anyway, when you're thinking about making changes, um, don't, don't necessarily think about things that you're not going to be able to have because one, you know, you're not a robot. <laughs> so you're saying just eat the pizza. <laughs> yeah. Just I eat mean, pizza every day. Not every day. But <laughs> just the whole pizza. <laughs> But kind of, you know, pizza, like a lot of people do pizza Fridays and they're like, oh, I'm starting to eat healthy. I can't have pizza Fridays anymore. And it's, it kind of depends on you. Depends on your wellness plan. It depends on if that's something that you want to do every Friday because it's a whole experience with your family. I and think pizza friends. day is Thursday. Why is it Thursday? I don't know. It's just when we had pizza. Oh, well, it's always pizza Friday because people like don't want to cook and it's the weekend. Sacrilege. And... Yeah, it's Friday. You're right. Yeah. See? <laughs> yep. That was always pizza day for us. Yeah. Friday. Friday night, order pizza. Yeah, you don't feel like cooking, you know, whatever. Better ingredients, better pizza. No. Papa John's. <laughs> no, this is not sponsored by them. <laughs> yeah, sponsored by Papa John's. No, it's not. Praza, Praza Nutrition, no, sponsored it's by Papa John's. People John. get really angry about that, by the way. So. What, <laughs> being sponsored? Yeah, like like some of my big like dietitian meetings have like some sponsors that are big food companies. And, and people get angry about that? Yeah, it's like a revolt. Why? Because there's collusion or something? Yeah, like then they're influencing. Oh. I mean, I understand, you know, obviously 
but at the same time they also need like money to run some of these things yeah (laughs) well it's well sometimes it's like when coca-cola tries to sponsor it and they have a speaker that has to like rep coca-cola that's where it's a little weird but a lot of those big brand food companies now have like healthier products i'm not i'm not promoting them necessarily coca-cola life discontinued yeah it was like half yeah i don't see it anymore maybe it's around somewhere still but i I don't I, it probably does still exist. I just don't go to stores because of yeah. the state of the world right now. But yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's another day. Oh my god. That's another story. Did you hit the mic again? <laughs> I kicked it. I, you, I was gonna say, did you headbutt <laughs> it because you're <laughs> sitting on your hands? That's fine. Um but yeah, so we were talking about like I don't know what we're talking make about. Make it easy on yourself with food. Make it easy on yourself. Um so when you're getting started, make it simple. And one thing I was talk to my clients about is you know don't frame it as all the things you can't eat anymore because honestly it's like setting you up for failure to say that like you're gonna like have a terrible time eating healthy (laughs) because you can never have x y and z you know chocolate chips whatever it is how do you feel about cheat days um i don't like that already you're a reaction i'm not i don't like it not great and here's why what about a cheat meal I don't like, Once a week. I don't like the idea of it being a cheat. You know, I don't like the cheat terminology only because just from my experience with working with people, it's that the idea is having a cheat is that you're good all week and now you can cheat and you deserve it. And so you, there's this sense of like restriction. Like I have to restrict my calories and exercise and be good so I deserve this ice cream. And it kind of attributes a lot of like, emotion to food um okay and this kind of like weird power struggle uh with food and where you know if someone isn't good then that means they're bad and they're a bad person it leads to like a lot of guilt and it's so convoluted together but it's it's just it's just so much of what i see to be honest okay Um, is that i'm just curious i don't mean to imply anything with this is that primarily female clients yeah I would I would say probably primarily females that I see most of that with, but I think that ties into a lot of like the whole body image and um, you know. And I don't say that thin. as I don't I don't say that as like a, a dig against women. I, I I it's actually kind of a it's kind of a low key compliment because m- more women care about their what they look like and their and their health and their weight and stuff. And I I have a feeling men just don't give a g dang as much yeah i mean it depends i I mean to be honest a lot of times with my my clients some of my um male clients um are focused more on certain factors so like blood sugar or energy or fitness um and feeling for exercise or feeling good where a lot of my female clients is not to put people in boxes by any means but um you know a lot more of my female clients are concerned about how they look um, primarily, and then the health factors kind of later, um, you know, in terms of like how like their joints hurt or, okay. you know, other like cardiovascular disease or like managing blood sugar or things like that. Um, and the issue with that is, I mean, there's many issues, but a lot of my clients who focus just on the weight, you know, that's kind of more fleeting and it's kind of more of an external motivator. You really just can't resist beating up my equipment, can you? I'm having a terrible time right now. <laughs> it's because we're at the table. Change of scenery. It's it's very unfamiliar. If you're only listening, we're at a different place in our the same room. But you know, that's okay. 
So, um, well, I, I, I kind of disagree with, with the cheat day thing, but I think mm-hmm. it's because I'm not like your clients typically that yeah i would say you're probably a lot (laughs) probably a lot different than most of the clients because for for me and 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 a primary influence for my approach to dieting and eating was tim ferris with his four-hour body Mm. book and those that cheat day the way he framed it was kind of like you you use cheat days or cheat meals i think he would do like a half a day as an incentive to eat well all week because you're not you're not depriving yourself of the thing that you actually want you're just not having it right now and instead you have it all in one shot and you get you still get to have it but you don't have it in that immediate time so it's 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 almost like it's not really a way of restricting yourself it's a way of like kind of planning your fun eating i guess like an incentive kind of thing yeah and it was and it's sort of a reward for i don't know um sticking to the plan i guess or and he also talks about how having large amounts in a short span of unhealthy food is not as bad of a net impact as having small amounts of bad food every day Mm mm-hmm in terms of your body. Yeah, I think it all depends. And, you know, again, it depends on the person and their lifestyle and how they feel about food. But one of the issues I see with, like, cheat meals or cheat days is, again, for most of my clients, it tends to turn into, like, a cheat meal and then a cheat weekend and then a cheat Monday. And it well, kind then of, that's not a cheat day. No, no. And so I think there's that kind of issue of... You're just off the wagon. Yeah, Um, And it's, again, not necessarily coming from a place of restriction to say that you can't have those foods. But sometimes, sometimes people feel better with having it in small doses whenever they feel like it. So it's like, I'm kind of feeling chocolate on a Thursday. And they have a piece and they just move on. Uh, versus like I have to wait until Friday and then they have chocolate and now it's like, well, I'm not gonna be able to have it until next week. And they kind of like gorge themselves. And then it's like, why am I doing this diet? I can't have foods that I like. And it's becomes this negative spiral yeah yeah and that's kind of sucks it's a lot and it's it's hard to pull yourself away from that kind of mentality i don't know i when i was doing that it was fun my cheat days were epic Mm -hmm. i had some weird instagram posts for a little while i took a box of fruit roll-ups and or fruit by the foot and opened them all and then combined them into one giant mega fruit by the foot or that yeah, or like I, 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 for one one day, I just bought a whole ice cream cake and ate it. I remember that day too. Yeah, I mean, these were big, epic cheat days. It was fun. I used to plan them around um, social things sometimes, like when I was hanging out with friends mm-hmm. and I knew we were going to go uh, rock climbing and then we would usually have something junky to eat, stop at a restaurant or get McDonald's or something like that, and I would make those days my cheat days. Yeah. And it would be like an epic meal of grandiose proportions i challenge anyone who's listening to this to try to spend twenty dollars at mcdonald's and then eat it all Ugh. it was fun while i was doing it yeah i well i think you brought up a good point of there's there's a big difference between how you're talking about it as more of like a fun experience versus like a reward system because just often when i find i mean and this even goes back to like some of the stuff with like children too like using food as a reward is almost in a sense 
that you have to earn your food. You have oh, to earn Jesus. a cookie. Um, and, and so much of that isn't what's just, you know, terrible about this whole thing is like, and like diet culture as it's termed is that it's kind of ingrained in people from when they're younger. You know, you did well, you get a cookie. You know, if you don't do well, you can't have a cookie. And it's like, I can't just have a cookie because I want a cookie. No, <laughs> it's like, no, you can't. You know, and it, or things like that where it, there's just this reward system. And I mean, they, they stopped a lot of that. And I mean, well, what was schools? With like uh, candy, oh, you yeah. know, for doing well. Yeah, I used to get candy in school. Mm. And it attributes, again, you do well, you deserve this. And what the issue is that I've, a lot of clients that they grew up with that kind of mentality and now they're like, they had a great day today, they deserve ice cream. That's kind of the mindset. Like, I deserve this bowl of ice cream. Yeah, I could see that becoming a sort of form of self-toxicity if you use food in a weird cyclical way to reward yourself. And then if you overindulge, you attach some meaning to it that has like a sort of negative um, effect and then that can cause you to stress eat. It could become a weird sort of negative um, forward feedback loop. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. That's a shame. I don't know if I've ever felt that. Um, maybe. Maybe I have. I'm not, I'm not sure. But that's a, that's a, yeah, that's a, such a first world problem. <laughs> Jeez, how fortunate we are to live in a time where we have such an excessive amount of food that having too much is is the the problem. Yeah, beats the crap out of starving to death. I'll tell you that. Yeah, it's such a different, you know. So we experience. are tracking our food. Yep. We are um, can, food mood connection. Yes. Into There's, consideration. Yeah. We are um, creating achievable goals mm -hmm. for ourselves yes. and improving incrementally to keep things realistic. Mm -hmm. And that's after tracking for a while and assessing the situation. Then we have these incremental goals. Mm -hmm. Then what? Um, so you've got your incremental goals. And when you're thinking about setting your goals, I really suggest that anybody create like a long-term wellness vision of yourself, which seems so weird to say is like wellness vision, but like you're, who do you want to be as your like future self in a positive way? You know, and some people think about weight loss, but think beyond that. How do you want to feel? You know, do you want to feel more energetic? Um, do you want to have an easier time moving around? Um, do you want to have better control of your blood sugar? And kind of creating this kind of like overarching goal. So as you're thinking and planning these little steps along the way, it's for a big reason. Like that's yeah can be motivating wherever like, you go just, oh my god there you are <laughs> be, be the change that you want to see in the world yeah i'm looking at the man in the mirror what is i'm asking him to change his ways no message could be any clearer if you, you want to make the world a better okay. place now wait <laughs> take a look at yourself <laughs> and then to make that change Na, na, okay. na, 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 so na, na, moving na. on. <laughs> do you know that song? I do know that song. I don't I live under a rock. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes it's hard to tell. <laughs> you gotta play. You gotta play cards against humanity with Felicia one of these days. <laughs> we'll play that on. We'll play that on stream one day, so I can share with the world how how bizarre your perception <laughs> of pop culture how is. How awesome I am. So uh, yeah, that's what I was going for. That's what I meant to say. How awesome you are at the game. Yep. Yeah. So yep. Uh, we're. We're achieving the incremental goals. Mm. 
And then um, you're saying you want to pursue your vision of who you want to become. Yeah. And if you search like wellness vision, um, you'll come up with a lot of things. And sometimes it's like a statement. Sometimes it's like a like vision board. We did this actually together. We did? You <laughs> the and I? The wellness vision for my coaching program. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but that like future statement of yourself, it could be like bullet points. Um, but just having that is kind of, and I always use this like roadmap kind of experience. It's like, you know, you have this kind of end goal in mind. Um, and that big overarching goal, whatever that is. And along the way, you have these little like rest stops and like pit stops. And that's the whole idea is that it's a journey to get there. So it's not going to happen overnight. But you have like a goal of eating more vegetables, a goal of exercising more, just all along the way to bring you to this like bigger long term goal. And it doesn't mean that once you get there, that you're done, but you've created these behaviors along the way healthy behaviors so the more you can kind of set yourself up with these little pieces to kind of build on one another the more you have this like you know things in place <laughs> and like a habits being habits being formed that support you when you get to what you want so oh gosh are you gonna say wherever you want? <laughs> no okay <laughs> a journey of a thousand miles mm-hmm. starts with a single step yeah that's a good one that made more sense. Wherever you go. Oh, God. Okay, here we there are. There you <laughs> are. <laughs> That's what the title of this episode's going to be. You figure like, what the heck? Yeah, um, what the heck? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Stop hitting my microphone. <laughs> so That's your microphone. My microphone stained. No. You keep punching it. That's <laughs> just, that is your microphone, though. I just caged the microphone. You anyway. You are relentless um, today with this. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm going to leave all these noises in, and then she's going to listen to it and realize I'm gonna cringe what she's been doing really hard. this whole time. <laughs> um, so you yeah. envision uh, a version of yourself mm-hmm. that you want to become, and that is at the end of your quote-unquote roadmap. Yeah. Yeah. And... um you know, with, with thinking of your vision of yourself, um, think in terms of positive is one of the biggest things, you know, not, I'm going to be the very best. (laughs) Well, I mean, positive as in not to say like people tend to just focus on the weight loss aspect and they're, um, but focus on like the here and now, like how, if you were physically in that place, what would it be like? Um, and it might be like, you're going to feel strong. You're going to feel energetic. Um, you're going to feel, uh, more comfortable, um, you know, you're going to have less blood sugar swings, whatever it is. But um, think in the terms of positive, uh, because the more positive you can make that, the more that people are going to, like, actually want to do it. If you're setting yourself up to say, like, something negative, and I'm trying to, like, think of a, a good example to use here, but um, think... I want to be think, the very best. Think beyond weight, I think, is my point. Like no one ever was. What? It's fine. Did I miss it? No. Oh. No. You didn't miss anything. <laughs> so that's good. You set an achievable goal. Uh, you know, you draw yourself on the fridge in a mm-hmm. Superman suit, the cape flailing in the wind, and you have bulging muscles. Yeah. Make it realistic, you know? Realistically bulging muscles. Well, not. <laughs> okay. Flying through the air with laser vision. But, you you know, you create an image of yourself that you want to achieve. Mm-hmm. You keep yourself motivated by uh, sort of dangling that carrot. And if, as long as it's not something crazy unrealistic, it's something that you can see yourself achieving that's probably helpful in terms of pursuing that goal. Yeah. And that's, and the reason why I keep saying don't use weight as a factor is because. Like on the scale? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a whole, there's a lot to that. 
Um, but one of the things is that if you're like in general, you know, if you're setting yourself up to say, I want to lose 20 pounds, a lot of times it's for an event, like oh. for the summer, yeah, for, for the a wedding. wedding, for yada, 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 whatever you're going to do. And what the problem there is that it's generally, those are very short term experiences, but once they're over, like that's it. Or like people are like, I can do this for 30 days. And then afterwards they're like done. They didn't really create any habits that are going to last for a while. Yeah. So the big one is bikini season. Yeah. That's There's always a, the joke. That, yeah. was, that was always the joke for me and the gym bros back when we used to go to the gym together. Mm-hmm. That's what we would tell each other. Yeah. As though we were going to wear bikinis. That was the joke. Wow. We were hilarious. Yeah. Gotta get, gotta, gotta look good in my two piece. I mean, to be honest, it's how do you feel about bikinis? How do you feel about speedos for men? Oh, <laughs> I believe they call them banana hammocks. Oh God, is the official term? Why are we talking about this? Well, I was thinking about you know, it's big in Europe. Yeah, it's fashionable. I don't know. To be honest, I don't really care. Like, if, if I wear a speedo, no. Would I, you be embarrassed? No, I wouldn't. And I think, I think because it's like, whatever. If you feel good in a speedo. We're bikini. Like, to be honest, a lot of my clients, it's exactly, you know, they- I hope you know I'm getting a Speedo now. <laughs> it's fine. I a can care less one. what you are. I'm going to get one that's as close to my skin tone as possible. <laughs> oh, God. You just get a nude one then. <laughs> well, yeah. Sure. There you go. Anyway, um, I mean, a lot of times, most of the time, to be honest, it's like if you're going to like a, a pool or a beach- most people are so wrapped up in what they're doing that they're not really paying attention. No one cares. <laughs> so, no one cares what you're um, doing and what you look like. They're too concerned about what they look like and what they're doing. Yeah. But it's like if you f- want to wear a bikini, like because you feel good in one or it's easier because like going to the bathroom is way easier in a bikini than it is in one piece, especially if you like are you in a pool. But like you, wear a did bikini. Did you just say you pee in the pool? No. Then being then. Did you just, that sounded <laughs> yeah. like you just said you pee in the pool. What is, th- is that what you just said? No. You said it's easier to I go to not. the bathroom. I don't in the like pool. being in the water, anyways. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> c- you pretty much never do go in the water. No, I hate the water. It's a little weird because you were a swim instructor for so long, and you probably spent hours in the pool. Oh, I used a lot of excuses. Like if I had like screaming children, I used to wear like little kids. By the way, so it's like six and under. It's called a flip and float class. And you would not be in the water. Usually, I would be, but sometimes if we had like children that were like deathly afraid of the water i would like sit on the side with my feet in with them just Hang to get them, them acclimated to like being in a pool you just gotta throw them in no i will gotta pick them you up know and toss them in head first you know what's funny is that with um like teaching kids to swim that are like under the age of one or two like that's a lot of um i was watching another dietitian they had like a like a learn to swim in like a couple of days like it's like five days or six days but that's a lot of it is like literally putting them in the water um like you just dunk them well i mean like not like holding their head under but like they they're pretty innate you know yeah i've seen the classes where it's like people have their baby and they put them in the water and the the baby just kind of waddles around like in the water naturally like it's a thing they just know how to do yeah it's like crazy i've seen like some videos on it but it's just it's just really interesting but anyway i was not working with those young i was like like five and six year olds (laughs) it's all part of the uh the conspiracy of the aquatic ape theory have you ever heard of that no you ever hear the aquatic (laughs) ape theory we came from the ocean we evolved we were all mermaids and mermen google that if you want to if you want to go down a weird rabbit hole today tonight (laughs) whoever's listening uh yeah check out aquatic ape theory not something we endorse here on the parasite nutrition podcast but it makes for a weird evening if you want to do some weird uh, when want to do some reading and watching of something mm. goofy it's not quite 
it's not quite Bush did 9-11 conspiracy theory, but it's uh, it's it's out there. I feel like we're gonna get some weird comments. Well, I don't think I don't think we'll get anywhere nearly an hour in at this point. So, oh um, really? I'm done for that long. Yeah. If mm-hmm. you've if you've listened for this long, go ahead and drop a comment that says aquatic ape theory. <laughs> I want to see if anyone says anything about it. But anyway, that would be nice. That's our. Um, that. So we are um, pursuing the best version of ourselves, mm-hmm. or a better version of ourselves, as our. And big, big time goal. And then, so, you know, what do you, what do you do if you achieve that? So you have some ideal, you said don't use weight as a marker, but if you have some ideal um, figure or some ideal Mm -hmm. um, amount of vegetables consumed per day, like, what do you do if you achieve all of these incremental goals that you just set more? Yeah. I mean, it depends on where you are in your stage. The maintenance stage, honestly, is the hardest in terms of sticking with the changes and what often throws people out of maintenance stage is like life events. So like Ooh, holidays yeah. and like, you know, or like family dynamics, like there's a death in the family. It just kind of throws people for a loop, obviously. Um, and getting back to where they were or an injury like that can. Oh you know, yeah. That'll do it. When I broke sickness, my foot, that yeah. was fun. But that's the whole, isn't it like um, that whole six week period between Thanksgiving and New Year's is a uh, prime season to, uh, go way off the rails yeah and it's you know i don't care me personally anything goes i mean it's kind of like i don't know one of the things with food and i was just actually just actually just talking to somebody about this um was that you know we're not we're not i think i said this earlier we're not robots you know food is so much in terms of like emotion and social and it's how we celebrate and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that but like sometimes people are so hyper focused on how much portion sizes of this and that and that they can't have this and they're on a diet that they lose the experience of like being with family and friends yeah. because they're so wrapped up in the food. And so sometimes I'll tell people like for the holidays or whatever, like just enjoy yourself. Focus. Treat yourself. <laughs> yeah. And like focus on what you can do, you know, drink. Treat yourself. <laughs> Treat yourself. Like drink more water or I said water. Ooh. Water. <laughs> I tried. Water. <laughs> Like drinking, um, you know, hydrating well or getting an exercise, you know, just to even walk with your family or something, you know, focus on what you can add versus taking away. And, you know, sometimes it helps people with, you know, getting through those times where they're enjoyable and not just something they get through. I eat until I'm physically uncomfortable for every family holiday and vacation and I don't care. Mm -hmm. All bets are off. Yeah. I am gaining weight. Everyone knows that. I am being reckless i'm making myself physically unable to get up and sit down comfortably mm-hmm. every family holiday we have every year for the rest of my life yeah because that should be i i don't know i um i do think that there is some element of emotion to associate with food that can be good mm-hmm. in a good way like yeah. if it's social if you are with family or you know I I don't eat this really anymore, but if I ever have black raspberry ice cream, that always brings back some very warm memories I have with my grandparents mm-hmm. because I would eat it every time I went to their house. Yeah. So I have a strong association with them and this ice cream. Yeah. Which, which is arbitrary and kind of a weird thing to just pull out of nowhere, but... You know, sometimes I think the uh, the emotional attachment to food can be constructive or positive. 
yeah your brother-in-law has a family recipe for stuffing that i am fond of mm-hmm. that includes an embarrassing amount of butter but it's very good <laughs> yeah and i will always eat it every year but see that's that's what food should be you know it should be fun and enjoyable and something that brings you fond memories and that's that's what i try to get people back to you know because there's there's so much around like ice cream it's unhealthy you know and it's like for me to tell someone that they can't have ice cream that brings them a fond memory of like their grandparents or their their parent or their children like how is that living you know and that's yeah. you know and that that's part of this the problem too is you know we there's so much tied to negative emotion with food that it's bringing it back to kind of the positive experience where food is actually enjoyable and a social like I don't know. I have a lot of experiences with like food with like my, my nana um, and like, yeah. you know, with, with my family and even, even my mom, like weird, not even something she necessarily made, but like, I just remember always like, um, like canned soup, which is not necessarily something that we eat. Like I do a lot of homemade soups, but like mm-hmm. every time I think of like snowing, I just think of me and my dad outside shoveling or like us outside building something or all, you know, like whoever was home. And then like my mom would put on a can of soup. We would have a sleeve of crackers. <laughs> like it was just, I don't know, it was just something we did. And it was like a very like homey kind of. A fond memory of your childhood and time you spent with your family. Yeah. And so like, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, I don't necessarily do now, but like for me to tell a client that they can't do something like that, that brings them a fond memory where they do something because it was something their mom always did or their, you know, I don't know. You just tried making something that your mom always made last oh, week. The, yeah. The, um, I don't know what it's called, but it's like, it's like a, a vegetable stir fry and she used to put like egg in it and stuff. I, it's like a teriyaki. I don't know. I have no clue, but, um, I, I didn't even ask her for the recipe. I probably could have made it better, but I think you did um, a pretty good job recreating it. I have no idea what it was like when she made it, but it was good when you made it. So yeah, it, I don't know what prompted me to make that, but that was like something that I was thinking of, and so I used like you know, um, whatever. But anyway, it, that's exactly. It's good to do that. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and you know, my parents are still alive. I'm lucky in that that I have both my parents around, um, but it still made me like think of just like a fun you know something that my mom always did so so keep those memories alive make food a fun part of your life yeah Yeah. so we're at an hour and six hour five Mm. right now you want to wrap this up with some closing thoughts yeah some closing thoughts so um you know inventory your life in a sense all facets from like an objective view so not like critical and saying well this is terrible that i'm doing this and that but just saying to yourself okay where am I starting from? You know, you kind of kind of figure out where you are starting from. What's think about what's working and what's not. And then like the what's not working, think about things that like actually matter to you to want to change and why they matter for you in terms of changing. And then create those small goals for yourself. Um, make sure you have this kind of like broad goal or wellness vision to kind of give you like a roadmap and kind of plan things out. And like be flexible with yourself, I should probably say is like the biggest thing, you know. You're not a robot. And I said that probably like three or four times, but, you know. Speak for yourself. I'm a machine. <laughs> um, I love machines. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this podcast today is <laughs> all over the place. Yeah. Like, like punch 15 things. That's what you get <laughs> for having me um, on. 
never punching my stuff. <laughs> but be, you know, be flexible with yourself. Um, you know, this isn't, don't the all or nothing. Sometimes this is something that people get tripped up on is that they revert back to old ways and they're like, I'm never going to be able to lose weight. And so just thinking of this as a journey, you know, that there's going to be pit stops and things that, along the way, but just focusing on it's like the whole picture approach. Um, not discounting your emotions, you know, how you feel about food, whether it's positive or negative and ask yourself, you know, is this something that's helping me or is it something that's setting me back and what can I do instead? So if you find that you're like a stress eater or you're someone who is turning to food for comfort a lot and you find that that's something that you want to work on, think about ways that you can kind of, you know, work on it <laughs> at least. But, you know, again, just being being objective when you look at this kind of stuff it's just really hard to do but and this is where a dietitian can come in just that's <laughs> true and you can contact felicia at parasitnutrition.com felicia at parasitnutrition.com is her email address for all mm -hmm. business inquiries if for some weird reason you want to email me i am adam at parasitnutrition.com that is fun fact there's a few things that i do for your business officially unofficially yeah but that's uh, sounds like a good place to end it. Mm -hmm. You know, this one thing I would like to say, just to cap it off, um, wherever you go. Oh my God, I shouldn't known. <laughs> this is there you is. Well, you it's came not. <laughs> it's not about the journey. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey, and the friends you make along the way. Well. All right, everyone, that'll okay, do it for the Barraza Nutrition Podcast. <laughs> Thank you for joining us and tuning in. Find us at youtube.com slash Barraza Nutrition. And we've also been at youtube.com slash a bunch of letters and numbers, but it's My RD Journey. <laughs> yeah. My RD Journey is a, a new facet of Felicia's business in which she's mm -hmm. focused on helping dietitians become better dietitians, dietitians-to-be, get into the craft, mm -hmm. and helping dietitians become private practice self-employed entrepreneurs yes and if you go to uh the website uh prosnutrition.com the links to like youtube uh from ird journey and pros nutrition are all on there too so and the website is newly updated so and throwing we, that out there we are on um itunes yeah itunes um, spotify whatever google you, play you listen to all podcasts those. we are available yeah. wherever podcasts are downloaded mm -hmm. you want to take us out Thanks for listening or and or watching. Wow, you are wow. so I'm, graceful. See, this is uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's well I'm done. holding my hands together. That's what it is. Um, thanks for joining us. Um, whether you're watching us or you are listening to us, maybe on your commute to make it a little better. Boom. Wink, wink. I can't wink. Anyway, you can't um, wink. There's probably a name for that. That's a medical condition. Winkless. Anyway. Yes. Oh, God. Felicia the Winkless. So cringy. Anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Um, join us next time. I think we should probably talk about food and mood next time, actually. Let's I do just it. designed like, a whole presentation on that, so I'm That's pretty well versed in it right now. Food so. and mood it is. Sounds good. Tune in next time for some food and mood action. That's another motorcycle <laughs> because we live near a big road and they're just up and down it all day. Thanks for listening to the Peraza Nutrition Podcast. Check us out next time where we, we will be discussing food and mood. Food and mood. Mm -hmm. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye.